0: Well, good morning and welcome to each one of you. I hope that you indeed have had a, a wonderful week and that you've been enjoying. Yesterday we had some beautiful weather, amen? amen. So for November we should be grateful. One thing in my life I uh, am so grateful for, for you all and for many people and I think one of the things that God has been challenging me is to show more appreciation. You know, like I, I feel I show appreciation, but I think oftentimes um, we, we don't always show as much appreciation to people as we should for the things that they have done or, or to thank them or to encourage them. And so right now I just want to, to publicly thank Erica Wong. Erica, would you stand? And, and Erica, I just want to say thank you. As I think of you, I think of the verse. I thank my God every time I think of you. You have shown great faithfulness to our church, to the Lord through COVID. have been here regularly. You have been willing to volunteer. and uh, you know, And again, this is not to put Erica on a pedestal, but it is to thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We indeed thank you for another day that you have allowed us to see. And so, God, we pray for your blessings upon us. We pray that you would open up our minds and hearts to hear from you and to hear your word today. May your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And may you move, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read about King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. They knew that there were armies from the surrounding nations that were coming against them to attack. They knew that these armies were on their way and they were afraid and they were terrified. And rightfully so. They were outnumbered, they were overwhelmed, and they knew that they would not be able to fight this battle on their own and win. They needed help they needed help. And the battle that Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah were facing was a a physical battle. It was a battle that was right in front of them, a a physical battle that they could see and touch and hear and, and was around them. And my friends, in life, I believe that we face many different battles, and like Jehoshaphat and his people, there are constantly things that come at us in life. There are constantly things that are thrown at us and thrown in our path, and oftentimes they're not expected, and oftentimes we feel overwhelmed and afraid, and we're not sure where to go or what to do. And the battles that we face may not necessarily be a physical battle like Jehoshaphat and his people. But we do face battles of different kinds. We're bombarded with battles of sickness and physical limitations. Depression and anxiety and mental illness. We are faced with battles of financial burdens and and job insecurities. With marriage issues and family issues things. We're faced with battles from childhood trauma and things that are causing us to feel unworthy or not good enough. Whatever it may be, we all face battles of different kind. And oftentimes we may keep those things to ourselves, and others have no idea the battles that we are facing inside. People don't know what you're going through and the things that you are dealing with. And it sometimes may feel like in life, one thing after another, after another, just keeps coming. And Jehoshaphat and his people were experiencing this. They were experiencing this battle that was a physical one in front of them. And they, they saw these people coming towards them and they were overwhelmed, they were discouraged, and they weren't sure what to, where to go or what to do because the nations surrounding were closing in on every side. But yet they called out to God to help them. You see, in part one of this message, let God fight your battles, we talked about letting God fight your battles by first praying and fasting. The power of prayer and especially corporate prayer together and fasting and interceding. We cannot say how important enough it is to pray and commit our needs to God. Because the battles that we face are battles that we cannot handle on our own. But we need God. So prayer and fasting is important. We also let God fight our battles when we are reminding ourselves of who he is And the promises that he's made. We need to remind ourselves of the God that we serve and that he is able. We need to remind ourselves of the promises that he has made to us. And claim those promises. And it is important that we do it. Jehoshaphat and his people prayed and fasted. They interceded for this need that they had. And they reminded themselves of the God that they serve and what he is able to do. And today we'll pick up the story from 2 Chronicles chapter 20 starting from verse 10. And I will read different portions of the scripture for us today as we go along. And Jehoshaphat continues in his prayer in verse 10 and he says, And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so we went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance You see, Jehoshaphat was being real with God. He was just being raw and uncut. And and basically what he was saying here is when our ancestors left Egypt, when we were brought out of bondage and, and taken out of Egypt, you did not let us invade their land. You didn't let us invade their land. God, instead, we walked away and went a different route we didn't cause them any trouble we didn't cause them any harm we didn't do anything to them and now see they're coming after us we didn't hurt them in any way but now they're coming after us so you're probably asking yourself what was king jehoshaphat talking about well let me give you some context many many years earlier from this passage of scripture We read about Moses bringing the people out of bondage from Egypt. The Israelites were on their way to the promised land, and in Numbers chapter 20, verses 14 and 18, it says this. While Moses was at Kadesh, he sent ambassadors to the king of Eden with this message. Now we are camped at Kadesh, a town on the border of your land. Please let us travel through your land. We will be careful not to go through the fields or vineyards. We won't even drink water from your wells. We will stay on the king's road and never leave it until we have passed through your territory. But the king of Edom said, Stay out of my land, or I will meet you with an army. You see, they asked permission from the king of Edom if they could please just pass through the land. It's a shortcut. That way we don't have to go all the way around. We just want to pass through. We're not going to cause any problems. We won't even drink from your wells. We'll stay on the path. Just get through. You won't have to worry about us. We'll be out of your here in no time. But yet the king refused them entry and told them that if they come near, that they will be met with the army. Instead of the Israelites fighting, they walked away. Instead of them causing a war, they chose to just go around and take a different route. You see, they asked for permission, they were refused, and instead of fighting, they walked away. God told them not to fight those armies. God told them not to fight. And for whatever reason, he did not want them to start this war. And the people obeyed. So now at this point in scripture, right here in 2 Chronicles, we see Jehoshaphat praying and saying, God, you told us not to go through We didn't cause them any harm, and now see they're coming after us, not only to attack us, but now they're going to take the land that you promised us, the land that you gave us. Do, Do you see what's happening here? Instead of trusting God, they were crying out to him and complaining about their situation, But God wanted them to trust him once again, to trust him enough to let him fight their battles. You see, my friends, God commanded them not to fight. Instead, he wanted them to completely trust him. And when we let God fight our battles, we let him by trusting and obeying him. By trusting and obeying God, we allow him to fight for us. We allow him to do that which we cannot do on our own. In verse 12, Jehoshaphat prayed, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for your help. Basically, what they were saying is, we don't know what to do, we're looking to you for help, so you just tell us what to do, and we're about to do it, because these armies are closing in around us, and we need help. They were at this point of desperation where all they needed to do was to hear from God and to do what he said was going to happen. Many people have a difficult time trusting people. Any any of you have a difficult time trusting anyone? Anyone? I think to some degree, we all do, right? To some degree, it depends on the circumstance and the situation. But oftentimes, we have a difficult time trusting someone or or people because we've been hurt in the past or we've been burned. Right, Something has happened to cause us to question that trust that we once had or to be skeptical for the future with someone else. And so it's not always easy to fully trust someone because of the bad experience that we may have had. Yet God asked them to trust him. God told them what they needed to do, and what they needed to do was to trust what he told them was to trust the instructions he gave them. You see, when it comes to trusting God, it is not always easy for us to fully trust God. When things are going well and things are happening in our life that we want, it is easy to trust God. But then there are times where it is not easy because we're going after all these different things. We're going problem after problem after problem and we don't see an end in sight. We don't see how it's going to work out. We don't see how we're going to get through. We don't see if we're going to be able to have enough at the end of the month or still keep our job or or do this or our health circumstances. And so it's not always easy to trust God if we're honest. Yet God expected for the people to trust him, and he expects us to trust him as well. Trusting God means believing in his reliability, believing in his word, believing in his ability, and believing in his strength. Trusting God means surrendering ourselves to him and his will and saying, Lord, have thine own way. Trusting God means depending upon him and leaving the details and the timing up to him. You see, when God is late according to our clock it's harder for us to trust him. And we often become frustrated and upset and think we need to help God out or we need to do something for him because, you know, maybe he forgot or, or maybe he's busy or, or maybe he's not capable or maybe he didn't have time, whatever it is. But God said to trust me. Here's an example for you. If a stranger came up to you and said, Pastor Nick... Give me your $100 bill. Just, just trust me. How likely are you to just hand over that $100 bill to a stranger? I, I would. Okay. He's a bad example. But most other people, okay, okay. How many of you would just easily hand over that $100 bill to a stranger because they said, trust me? Okay. Nobody else. Okay, you know. I, 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 would, I would first okay. ask, uh, tell me what your need is. No, they, they're just saying, just trust me. I, I'm not giving you details. just trust me. Most people wouldn't, right? A stranger comes up to you and you're thinking, why would I trust you, right? I don't know you. But if someone that you knew, okay, let's say me, came up to you. And I said, Anthony, here, give me your $100 bill. Just trust me on this one, okay? Give me your $100 bill. Are you more likely to trust me with your $100 bill? Okay. You don't know what the situation is. I'm just telling you, trust me. You're more likely, I mean, some of you are probably like, no, nah, I wouldn't give it to you either, but that's okay. That's okay. But you're more likely to trust someone that you know, that you have known and have a relationship with and depend on and see on a regular basis, and, and you know who they are, and you know that they're not going to do something to harm you, but they're, tr- they're asking you to trust them because they have your best interest at hand. Do you see that? And so you're more likely to trust them. You see, my friends, in order for us to first obey God and do the things that he has asked us to do, we have to trust him. If we don't trust God, how can we obey his word? How can we obey his commands? How can we be faithful to the things that he has called us to do if we do not trust him? And in order for us to trust him, it means that we need to know him, right? We need to have a relationship with him. And that comes by us putting in the effort because God wants that relationship, and he says, spend time with me, hear my voice, get to know me, study my word, listen to how I lead you, look at my commands. That is how we learn to trust him more and more and more. God wants us to trust him enough to obey what he asks us to do. Even when life doesn't make sense, even when we don't understand, even when we're not sure how it's going to turn out, we know that God has our best interest at heart. We know that he will not let us down. My friends, trust God because he knows what you're ready for. Trust God because he knows what you can handle. Trust God because he knows how much pain you can take. Trust God because he knows that he will help you to make it through. Trust him because we can depend upon him. I'm sure that when you have gone through difficult times... That there have been times in your life where you've had no other choice but to trust God. There have been times where we don't have any other choice but to depend on God. And in those moments we've seen his faithfulness over and over and over again. He has proved himself faithful. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7 say, Some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Trust in him. You know, something that I don't understand, and maybe one day some of you can help me, is how people can trust in objects and pictures and things and other people, but yet they may find it so difficult to trust in the one who created them the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think it's because we cannot see God physically. And that's why he said, blessed are those who believe yet have not seen. Because it's difficult for us to believe in something we cannot see, but that's why we need to trust him. To trust him more and more. The songwriter says, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, What a sweet thing to be able to trust in Jesus. What a sweet thing to be able to rest upon his word and not worry if he's going to come through, not worry if he's going to do what he said, not worry if he's going to show up, not worry if he's going to help, but to trust him and allow him. You see, when we choose to trust and obey, we choose to let God fight for us. We choose to allow him to move in our life. There are so many examples in the Bible of people who have trusted the Lord. And one thing that is important to note is that when we allow God to fight for us and we allow God to to move and have his way in our life and we trust him, there is a component that we need to fulfill. It's not just I'm going to sit back and do nothing. It's important to understand that the trust is there, but the obedience also has to be there, right? Because there's a part that he asks us to play. He asks us to show how much we trust him with an act of obedience to whatever it is that he has asked us to do. For example, the Israelites were commanded to march around the walls of Jericho and shout. If you read about that story, they needed to get through and God said, march around. He told them how many times they're to march around, how many times they're to shout. And you look at that and eventually the story goes that the walls of Jericho came crashing down. Now, the walls of Jericho did not come crashing down as a result of the people walking around and shouting. That's not why it came crashing down. The way that the walls of Jericho came crashing down is because they showed their trust and their obedience to God in doing what he asked them to do, and in turn, God brought those walls crashing down. That's why they came down. God said to the widow, or he, he told uh, the prophet to say to the widow, she, she had nothing left for her and her son. And he said, go and collect as many jars as you can from your neighbors. Go and collect as many jars. What am I going to do with jars? I have nothing to fill them with. Go and collect those jars until you can't find any more. Go into your home, fill those jars, and she filled them with oil until there were no jars left. You see, it's an act of obedience that we have to do. God told Moses to use your rod Throw it down. Do what I've asked you to do. The rod had no power on its own. It is an act of obedience. You see, my friends, when we trust God enough to obey what he asks us to do, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't understand, we see the power of God at work when we trust and obey. God requires us to trust him. Are you trusting God enough? because we can trust him to replenish what he's commanded us to give. We can trust God to open that door to the place that he's led us to. We can trust God to help us to whatever he's called us to do. We can trust him more and more day by day when we see his faithfulness. Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah were told to trust God. They were told to trust him. The scripture goes on in verses 13 to 18. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is the Lord speaking through the man standing there. This is what the Lord says. Listen to the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, this is the act of obedience when we trust. Watch this, verse 16. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Zes. At the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Juro. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. Do you see the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there? It wasn't even a prophet, but the Spirit came upon him. And he spoke this message that God directly gave him. And the message was a message of encouragement, a message of, 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 of uh, what they should do. And he told them, Go out towards the army. Now, think about the situation. You're in your land, armies are on every side, all around you. And the natural instinct would be to run as far away as possible, right? Or to prepare for battle. But what he wanted them to do was to go out and march boldly towards this army. Don't even need to prepare. March towards them. This is the act of obedience. You won't even need to fight. You won't even need to fight. You can stand still and see what I'm going to do. You see, they had a part to play in trusting God means that we trust him enough to do what he says we should do because the battle belongs to him. Let God fight your battles because the battle belongs to him. He tells us clearly, the battle is his. God wanted the people to be bold and to have confidence, knowing that he was going to be with them. My friends, whatever battle is raging in your life right now, Whatever you are going through, whether it's your personal battle, whether it's one with your family or at work or your situation with your health, whatever it may be, may you be reminded that God is with you. He reminds us, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But remember, I am with you. And my prayer for you is that God would overwhelm you with his peace. That God would overwhelm you with his presence and that the situation that you are facing right now, that you would find the strength to face it with confidence knowing that he has said that he is on your side and he is fighting for you. Whatever it is that you are going through, I claim the words of verse 17 over you and your life when it says, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory Stand still and watch what he is going to do. God is fighting for us, but he desires that we show him our obedience by trusting him and doing our part. When we feel like it's time to run away, when we feel like we don't know how we're going to get through it, he says to take your position and stand still. My friends, this doesn't mean not doing anything, because the translation is actually translating an actively waiting, an actively waiting on something. In Exodus 14, we read the story of the Israelites. They had just come out of bondage, and they were now at the Red Sea. They were on the edge of the Red Sea and they were faced with the sea in front of them because they were escaping the Egyptians. And behind them, Pharaoh and his army were closing in. So they couldn't go forward and they couldn't go back. And on every side, there just wasn't anywhere for them to go. So you know what they had to do? They had no choice but to stand still. They had no choice but to wait and to watch and to see God's faithfulness. And my friends, he reminded them in verse 14, Exodus 14, verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The battle that you are facing today is not yours, but it is the Lord's. In my previous message, I talked about how there is a spiritual battle going on around us. A battle that we cannot see or physically touch, but we see the evidence of that battle in what happens in our everyday life, what's happening in our world, what's happening around us. And the reason that that battle is going on is because the devil's mission is to bring fear, doubt, and discouragement upon God's people. His mission is to paralyze us so that we will not trust God, to paralyze us with fear. The Bible tells us to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I quickly want to just tell you about lions, something about lions. You see, lions will prowl around looking for their next prey. And if you've ever gone to the zoo or or some safari, you've seen that. They'll prowl around looking for their next prey. And once they've found something, what they do is they don't attack right away. They're very clever. They'll stalk their prey. They'll follow them at a distance and wait They follow them, they learn their habits, they see, and they wait patiently. And it's oftentimes when they're watching this prey and the prey leaves the group that they're in. Are you following me so far? The prey leaves the group because now they're at their weakest point because there's no help around And when the prey leaves the group, that is when the lion is ready to attack because the prey is at the weakest point. You see, my friends, the devil does not fight fair, and he waits for us to be at our weakest point. He waits for us to be the most vulnerable. That's why he attacks at our weaknesses. He attacks at our insecurities. He attacks at us the same things over and over again. And that's why we often fall into temptation because that is a weakness for us. But when we are in strength in numbers, when we are abiding and dwelling and living in the body of Christ... When we are in the group of believers who are there to fight for us by praying, by keeping us accountable, by helping us, by checking in on us, then there's strength there. And the devil is less likely to attack us as individuals alone because we're not left alone. That's why it's so important as believers at the body of Christ that we operate as a body. The Christian journey was not meant for one to live in isolation and to be alone, but to be in community as believers together, worshiping and praying and learning and studying. Satan is the one who attacks us, and we have to understand that the attacks of the enemy come in different forms and in different ways, and he comes to attack our health. He attacks our minds, Mental health has never been bigger now um, than any time, but now he comes and he attacks our children and our family, our government and our schools, our marriages. He attacks the church. My friends, it is time for us to wake up and see that we are under attack, and it is time to fight, but we cannot fight a battle that we cannot see, and that's why we need to let God fight for us. We need to let God fight for us. And when we call upon God, we depend upon his power, his might, his authority. We depend upon him. Zechariah verse, chapter 4 verse 6 says, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel says this, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. My friends, as you live your lives As we live our lives, let us continue to trust God. Let us continue to trust Him no matter what we face, to be obedient to how He leads us, to trust Him enough to give our situation over to Him. And in order for us to trust Him, we need to know Him. And so I ask you this question Are you trusting in Jesus today? Are you trusting in him as Savior and Lord of your life? Because it is only when we trust him that we can allow him to work and move and give ourselves to him, knowing that he will take care of us. It begins by making that decision to put our faith and trust in him. And when we do, then we can truly say, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, we acknowledge and we understand that there are so many things that are happening in our life and around us. And we know, God, that we cannot handle these things on our own. But Lord, we look to you and we cry out as Jehoshaphat and his people did. Lord, we need you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would come and that you would help us. I pray that you would help us in, in our lives to, to trust you with our circumstances, to trust you with our situation, to trust you with our need, God, because we know you and we know that you only want the best for us and that you are more than capable. We thank you that we can rely on you and depend upon you and know that your timing is perfect. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are fighting with us that you are fighting for us, and that you declare in your word that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And so we pray that you would silence the voice of the enemy, that you would silence the things that come at us, that you would calm the raging storms in our life, that you would come and that you indeed would overwhelm us with your peace, that you would overwhelm us, oh God, with your presence. And we thank you, oh Lord, for who you are, for what you have done, and for the fact that we can trust in one that we cannot see, but we know is able. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves once again to you, anew and afresh. Have thine own way, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.